Hello and welcome to the Organic Gardening Podcast. This is a special little bonus pod alongside our usual monthly chats. If you remember, in the last episode, we met Cheryl Fallon, the founder of Viridian Nutrition, who told us why Viridian supported organic growing. But because I find vitamins and supplements such an interesting subject, I wanted to take the conversation further. If our diet is good enough, do we actually need them? And what role do they play in our present day lives? We're also joined by Jenny Carson, Viridian's head nutritionist, who talks about three of the herbs you might find in your garden. Jenny brings the science into the conversation, which I hope you find as fascinating as I did. So let's start with Cheryl, who first tells us why we might need supplements in our diet and warns against buying those cheapest chips vitamins. At Viridian, we always say food first. Clearly, you can't eat a junk food diet and think that supplements will save you. But, you know, there are many things in in society and in the environment that really make it very difficult to be nutrient replete. Things like stress, health conditions, digestive issues and dietary restrictions. Clearly, if you're vegetarian, vegan or on a specialist diet, it can be tricky to get the right nutrition you need. And of course, there is the huge area of prevention. And that's where nutritional supplements can be tremendously helpful to add to your diet. You're so true. And the whole shift of our Western medicine, which is very much curative, you go to the doctor when you feel ill, actually, wouldn't it be so much better if we concentrated on prevention, then you wouldn't have to go to the doctor and then we wouldn't have an overstretched National Health Service. Sorry, I interrupted. I was so in agreement with you. I didn't even (laughs) really say that. Yeah, Yeah. couldn't agree more. We're very passionate about that. We really are. It's, you know, nutritional supplements are you know, are a wonderful additive to a good diet. But there's so many people, even when you're having a really good diet, there's so many reasons why your nutritional profile is still not good enough. It's a fact of modern life, maybe. It is. It is indeed. Can you tell me a bit about Viridian? I, I fell in love with the natural products industry when I was 18 as a vegetarian. I started working at health food stores when I was 21. And uh, at that time, the food supplement industry was quite uh, industrialized I would say it become quite sophisticated a lot of people were taking supplements but the quality of the supplements really didn't meet the standards that I would want for myself and just really digging a bit deeper into the ingredients themselves and the way the products are made I became very aware that there was an awful lot of additives in food supplements that didn't need to be there also I'm guessing that mass-produced supplements there is potential for adulteration or for cheapening down the product Absolutely. There are really two different types of supplements. There are mass market supplements that you'll find in the supermarkets. You'll find in garage forecourts these days there. You can find them just about everywhere. And they tend to be the cheaper ingredients. They're in plastic pots. They're not very carefully manufactured. But then you have the ones in the glass pots that definitely have more significance in terms of the ingredient potencies and the quality of the ingredients that are in them. So the pot itself is an indicator of how efficacious or how ethical the vitamin or supplement is. You're absolutely right. The the glass pot is the first clue that you're dealing with a product that has a bit more significance in terms of the ingredients, the potency and the quality of the ingredients that are in them. But it's not definitive because some glass pot companies still use a lot of additives, things like magnesium stearate and um, uh, titanium dioxide, manufacturing aids to speed up the manufacture. And that was where in 1999, I thought this doesn't have to be like this. And I investigated, I spoke to a lot of people. My background actually is as a journalist. I worked on magazines for many years. And so I'm one of those people who just has to dig a bit deeper and ask a lot more and ask all the awkward questions. So I did. I went around for a good six months asking awkward questions of all the manufacturers and realized that if you slowed things down, the manufacture things, 
with without any of the adjectives that a lot of brands were using. Well, that's very interesting because I'm now going to bring in Jenny, who's head nutritionist at Viridian. Hello, Jenny. Hi, thank you. Tell me, why do you think we need supplements? I think food supplements can play a key role in supporting um, diet in general. You know, to get a good variety of foods within a diet that provide all the nutrients that are key for supporting human health can be quite difficult. Not everyone has access to organic vegetables and fruits and therefore filling those nutritional gaps is where a food supplement can come into its own really in terms of supporting human health but I think the the other major factor is there is a lot of daily stress but when your body is stressed you will burn through more b vitamins more magnesium more vitamin c than potentially your diet is providing and that can also be said of different health conditions for example cardiovascular conditions type 2 diabetes etc and then there's always the risk um, especially for women of older age postmenopause things like osteoporosis osteopenia so in situations like that the individual might not be getting enough of those nutrients from their diet and that's where a food supplement can really support their unique and personal experience hence the role of the nutritionist within or the training within the health stores where viridian are sold Absolutely. Yeah. It's that conversation where you're discussing your personal requirements from dietary support and then the retailer can make the most appropriate recommendations. I guess none of us live in an ideal world, as you say, with an ideal diet. And it's always nice to have a bit to supplement it at whatever stage in life you're at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the key is, you know, feeling that difference. Um, We all know when we feel like we're lacking, you know, our energy might be a little bit depleted, we're feeling more fatigued. So by introducing um, a recommended food supplement, just seeing that difference in energy levels or coping better with stress, you know, is is the outcome from it. I, I like to think of it as in gardening terms, we know that on the whole, our soil is healthy and supporting plants, but there are times when it actually, the soil has to be boosted. We use homemade compost, for instance, and that encourages the life within the soil, the bacteria and the fungi, which help with the interchange of nutrition from the soil to the roots of the plant, feed the plant, it will flourish. And I think there's something very similar going on, isn't there, within the human and the gut and the biome? Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful analogy. With In terms of the microbiome, the bacteria that lives within the gastrointestinal tract, it's just more and more research is coming out on a daily basis, which is expanding upon previous research and educating us more in that relationship, that synergistic relationship between the bacteria that is resident in the body and how our bodies function on the whole. So... Jenny, we heard Chris and Emma walking around the garden at Wrighton, and in that garden, I know there are certain plants and herbs which very much tie into the Viridian aims and ethos. They're echinacea, elderberry, marigold, lavender. I think it would be really helpful, Jenny, if we could just talk about maybe two or three of those plants, and you can tell me why you think they're important for health. So let's start with elderberry. We've, I'm sure, made elderflower cordial. Lots of us have. But actually, not many of us have thought about picking the berries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So elderberry, 
or also known as black elder. What we're looking at here is these beautiful purple, black, luscious, rich berries. And the health benefits that can be adhered from elderberry is specifically due to its vitamin C content, but also a unique compound called OPCs. OPC stands for oligomeric proanthocyanidins. I'm glad you said that. I wouldn't have managed it. <laughs> I will call it OPCs from now on, though. Yeah. <laughs> Now, contemporary research has unveiled a host of benefits in terms of elderberries use in supporting the immune function, specifically around viral infections. So, for example, the common cold influenza. So one of the main interactions is the regulation of the heat and inflammation that comes with an infection. Now, when an infection first exerts itself upon the human body, our immune function is to heat up and create inflammation. And what we're doing is we're, we're almost killing off that, that, that virus. Elderberry interacts and regulates that inflammation and fever that increases the speed that the virus then is killed off. So we're reducing the period of the infection. That's now, a fascinating journey. Is, isn't it? Absolutely. The bit that really gets me is viruses have um, a spike on them, and that's how they penetrate the human cell and then are able to use the human as a host. We've all seen the image of the COVID virus with exactly that. Absolutely. Now, these studies were done on common cold, so they weren't done on COVIDs. However, what they found that was that elderberry almost interacted with the spike so that it was less likely to penetrate the human cells, making the environment more difficult for the virus to exert its effect. This is fascinating stuff, and I suspect every elderberry tree will be stripped of its berries autumn <laughs> <laughs> So I think elderberry really gives us a hint in terms of when the berries are rich or ready for picking is towards the end of the summer, the start of the autumn. And that's really when those viral infections, bacterial infections can occur. It's almost like Mother Nature is giving us a hint as to when and what we should be using elderberry for. Moving on from that, let's look at lemon balm. That's quite a well-known herb, isn't it? Absolutely. And again, it's another one that's given us a hint as to when we want to use it. I mean, I've got my glass of hot lemon balm tea here with me. Beautiful herb, right for picking right at this minute, so May, June time. And the two main benefits from uh, lemon balm is... We have signaling agents that work between our brain cells and they're called neurotransmitters. And there are a specific group of those neurotransmitters that are involved in um, generating feelings of well-being and mood. Now, if an individual is having imbalances in those neurotransmitters, so maybe their mood is a little bit off, they're feeling a little lethargic um, or even low mood, then lemon balm has been shown to rebalance the neurotransmitters and therefore promoting feelings of well-being. So if you're thinking about we've just come through winter, so this time of year, nourishing yourself with things like lemon balm is really sort of lifting yourself up out of those winter months and getting ready for the, the summer season. In addition to mood, there's been some contemporary research around cognitive function. So this was specifically in individuals that were experiencing mild cognitive impairment. 
So memory, recall, knowledge acquisition, forgetfulness, those types of scenarios. And it was shown that using a lemon balm extract improved and stalled the progression of the mild cognitive impairment. That's fascinating Uh, as well. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's just incredible. I just love the thought that these plants, they're beautiful in the garden, but they're also that we can tap into the wealth of their their health and benefits. Okay, we're going to come to one final one, and that's thyme. Yeah, so thyme. Thyme is what we call a vulnerary herb, so it's very healing. Its two main compounds are carvacrol and thymol. Thymol is what gives it that fabulous aroma when you're... I used to live in a camper van and I used to run regular through these forests in the south of France and there was thyme everywhere. The smell was absolutely amazing. So thymol and carvacrol, real potent aspects of this beautiful herb, and they're known to exert an antibacterial and anti-inflammatory effect. So thyme can be really useful for supporting the immune function and supporting antiparasitic and antibacterial processes. Jenny, that's been really, really interesting, and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you too, Cheryl. Thank you very much, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. What great lessons I've learned. It's made me look at my herb bed with renewed passion. Next month, Chris and I will be digging deep into the world of the garden centre. Is it a plant haven, helping us to connect to our natural environment? Or is it somewhere to get fashionable outdoor living stuff and a slice of delicious cake? Bye for now. Our thanks to Kevin McLeod for providing the music.